Everything is expensive these days, you know that. The government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its freefall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money, your retirement, your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call, and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. I'm Mike Slater from the podcast Politics by Faith. This is a crazy time in our country. It's stressful, a lot of anxiety, and it's going to get worse. And I realized that one of the things that helps me take away the stress is realizing that there's nothing new under the sun. So on this podcast, we take the news of the day and we run it through the Bible and other periods in history to realize that we've been through this before and we can rise above again. Politics by Faith, anywhere you listen to the podcast. Politics by Faith. Bill O'Reilly here. Welcome to the No Spin News for Wednesday, February 21st, 2024. Stand up for your country. So James Biden testifies today under oath behind closed doors in front of the House Oversight Committee. Took about two hours. Um, They broke for lunch and then the leaks started to come out, which we knew was going to happen. The first leak is that James Biden told the committee that Hunter and he had a business and had nothing to do with Joe Biden as vice president or president. Shocked? No, come on. Everybody knew he was going to say that, and he said it. So um, we are going to wait to see what the total testimony is. I'm more interested in the questions than the answers because I know the answers. I know what Joe Biden's going to say. Uh, Not Joe Biden, Jim Biden. I mean, he's been briefed by his attorneys. You know the game. But I'm interested in the question, both sides. And we'll have that for you tomorrow. Tonight, the Talking Points memo is about a man named Alexander Smirnov. Come on. Do you know Alexander? Alexander Smirnov. There he is. Little hoodie. Ukrainian guy. So, he, you will remember, said to the FBI that Joe Biden and Hunter Biden each received $5 million from Burisma, the Ukrainian oil company. Remember that? So that's what Alexander said to the FBI. Now, it is a crime to lie to the FBI. So if they come to your house and ask, you better tell the truth. So after he said that, 
there was all kinds of reporting, mostly on the right-wing media, from the right-wing media. The left pretty much ignored the story, um, saying, look, we told you, look, not $5 million. How many times did you hear that? That was all over Fox News, all over talk radio. But it wasn't here. You didn't hear it here. We didn't mention it. Alexander Smirnov got zero airtime on the No Spin News or my radio broadcasts. Why? Because we couldn't verify it. And we don't do that. So if accusations are lodged against anybody, anybody, and we can't verify at least some kind of facts in the case, we're not going to report it. That is why I think part of the reason you're listening and watching me right this second. So I'm not going to deal with this stuff. That's what they do on the Internet. That's what they do in the ideological precincts of the corporate media all day long. Now, I've been quite clear that I believe the Biden family are grifters. That they used the vice president position to amass perhaps as much as $30 million for doing nothing. How can I say that? Banking records. See, that's evidence. Banking records. Hunter Biden is a drug addict, right? His brother, uh, the president's brother, Jim, I don't know what Jim is. I don't know what he's ever done. There's nothing distinguished about his resume. And all of a sudden, his money's pouring in. Doesn't take a PhD in political science or economics to figure this out, particularly when banking records prove the flow of money to the Bidens. Now, Joe Biden himself, we don't know whether he benefited economically. But this guy um, Smirnov says he did, and now he has been charged. He faces uh, two charges, making false statements, obstructing the government's investigation into Hunter Biden. So they got him. I think he's in Vegas in custody there because they took him off a flight. He came to the United States and the FBI was waiting for him. And now he's basically admitting that he lied. And he's like, oh, well, the Russians told me to do it or this one, or that one, whatever it may be. But the important thing for you to know the honest American who is seeking valid information so you can protect yourself and your family. Important thing for you to know is I am not going to report stuff I cannot verify. I'm not going to do conspiracies. And the reason the right wing media did this is because they wanted it to be true. They wanted it to be true. And the reason the left wing media ignored the Smirnoff story is not the same reason I did. They ignored it because they didn't want it to be true. They didn't want the people to know. Okay, we imposed journalistic discipline on the story. So, yeah, am I bragging? Am I tooting my own horn? Yeah, I am. 
because it's so rare. Okay, so um, we don't know at this point where this impeachment inquiry is going to lead. But from what I'm getting, I do not believe that President Biden is going to be impeached. I don't believe the Republicans are going to do that. They're going to allow this flow unless, of course, there's other information that comes out. Valid information. But they're going to let this build and build and build. And in conjunction to Mr. Biden's mental problems, hope that's enough to eliminate him from a victory in November. And that is the memo. Again, we will have um, an assessment of the Jim Biden testimony tomorrow. So President Biden's in California. He's not doing the people's business, as we reported yesterday. He's just cleaning up money from uh, the liberals out there. And there's a lot of money to be cleaned up. Okay, Um, so he runs around. And then on Friday, uh, the president's going to put more sanctions on Putin. So my question is, how many more sanctions can we put? I think we were sanctioned out. Right. (laughs) Are we what else can we do? And if we haven't done it, why? The guy is killing hundreds of thousands of people in Ukraine. So we got more sanctions now because of uh, Alexei Navalny's murder. So Biden said, yeah, we got more sanctions. Okay. I don't think it's going to matter to Putin. He's hurting, by the way. And we have a a segment coming up uh, on that. But Putin's going to get down with the ship. I mean, he's going down. He's not giving up. So got to know that. But anyway, Friday, um, Navalny, by the way, was sentenced to 19 years in a Soviet prison for, quote, extremism. So if we had the same law here, everybody in MSNBC would be in a federal penitentiary. (laughs) All right. Cheap shot, but, you know, I'm allowed to do that. Um, UN. So the UN hates Israel. And uh, they was a resolution calling for Israel to immediately stop fighting and cease fire. All right. 13 members of the Security Council voted yes. The only member of the Security Council that did not vote yes was the USA. Sticking up for Israel. Okay. The UK didn't vote. They abstained. But there's a veto. And we were able to veto this uh, resolution in the United Nations. Now, uh, Biden's putting out his own um, what Israel should do. And of course, Netanyahu will totally ignore it because Israel is going to do what they want to do. And I'm not saying that's justified 100 percent. I'm not. I think that the Israelis should be looking for a way all right, to tamp this down a bit. But with the hostages not being released, that's pretty hard to do. Hey, this is Vivek Ramaswamy. The media has systematically lied to you. The Hunter Biden laptop story, the origin of COVID-19, the Trump-Russia collusion hoax, or how your money's being spent in Ukraine, enough already with the lies. No more lies, hard truths only. That's what the Truth Podcast is all about. It's not standard conservative talking points. If you want that, go somewhere else. But if you want the hard truth delivered to you in a way that challenges you 
and will challenge me intellectually. You're not going to find anything like this on the internet. Subscribe to The Truth Podcast today on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. So you may know that we have a foreign news partner. I've mentioned it before. It's the dailychatter.com. And we work with Daily Chatter because we don't have our own foreign correspondents, and they do, to accumulate information all over the world. And if you go to dailychatter.com every day, there's a very readable uh, dispatch, and you'll learn a lot. I do. I get it every morning. Okay. The guy who runs it is named Phil Balboni. And I used to work for Mr. Balboni as a local reporter slash analyst in Boston at WCBB-TV, a classic television station. All right, Phil, I got to ask you a series of questions and I want your best take on it. So okay, all, well, over the, all over the Internet, it's Russia's now winning the war against Ukraine. Is that true? They're beginning to advance on the front lines in some key places. So they're not winning yet, but they are definitely, um, they have momentum, whereas the war was stalemated for quite a long time. So the Russians took Bakhmut. Uh, many of your viewers will remember that name. And now just last week, they took Avdivka, another kind of strategic town. Uh, and they're attacking in a couple of other places along the line, which is 600 miles long. Uh, so I would say uh, Russia is not winning, but they are they are moving in the in the direction of winning. Yeah. OK. What is the goal for Putin? Total domination of Ukraine? I don't think so. I think he wants to keep what he's won. So Crimea, which Russia took in 2014, along with part of the eastern part of Ukraine. Uh, but getting um, Crimea was a huge thing for Putin personally, and uh, I think he wants to protect that. All right, so he and, wants a treaty that says, we're going to stop this war, but wherever Russia is in Ukraine, Russia gets to keep. I think... It? Yeah, well, he's made a lot of advances since 2014. So now the territory that Russia took um, yeah, the eastern part of two the country. years ago when the war when, when the war began two years ago, uh, this Sunday, by the way. So it's the second anniversary of the war already. Um, they gained a lot of territory. I think Putin okay. would like to keep that. I don't think he feels now that he is any way he is going to take all of Ukraine. That's not going to happen. Okay. So he doesn't want to occupy the whole country. That would be, you know, because he's yeah. taking a lot of casualties. There was a British report out yesterday that 300,000 casualties the Russians have taken. Do you believe it's that high? I do. Yeah, really? I do. I think the Ukrainians have lost over 100. Wow. 300,000 Russians, 100,000 Ukrainians. Now, as you know, there's a 90 million, uh, I'm sorry, billion with a B, 90 billion dollar aid package that's being held up in Congress now, although it did pass the Senate by a wide margin, 70 to 29, uh, to send more material and uh, to Ukraine. Um, I think this will get through eventually, but the delay is helping Putin, correct? 
It definitely is. Yeah. I mean, I think the Ukrainians are running out of soldiers. They're running out of weapons, uh, ammunition, uh, artillery shells. So um, every day, every week that goes by that uh, more aid isn't delivered to them, they are losing. And I think that's been part of some of the recent setbacks that they've had is uh, because well, why, they, why they, aren't the NATO countries uh, delivering ordnance and arms to them? Why, why is it all on us? They are. No, the Germans are, the French have been, uh, the Dutch, uh, the Polish um, and others have been delivering money um, and weapons. But it's not enough because, you know, they stopped really preparing for Russia uh, during the end, after the end of the Cold War. So believe it or not, they don't have enough weapons factories to build the artillery shells, the tanks, That's make the bullets. So they can't yeah. manufacture stuff like we can. All right, let's switch over to Israel. Um, so Netanyahu is a guy who's going to do what Netanyahu wants. It doesn't matter who pressures him. Am I right in that assessment? Yep, you okay. are. So he's going to do what he wants. And the Israeli people want Hamas to be destroyed. But I don't think you can destroy the entire terror network of Hamas. Am I wrong? You can't. You, no, you're right there, too. So, you know, Israel, the IDF, the Israeli Defense Forces, claim they've killed 14,000 Hamas fighters since the war began. Today is day 138 of the war. But, you know, by all estimates, there were up to 40,000 Hamas fighters before the war began on October 7th. So, you know, simple math tells you that there's a lot of people left to fight. And that doesn't include the young men in Gaza who probably would do anything to put on a uniform or whatever they wear and, uh, and join the battle. And fight the Jews. All and right, so Netanyahu's yeah. end game then is uh, getting the hostages back and killing as many radical um, Palestinians as he can. That seems to be what we're looking at. It does. He does not have a, a game plan for when the war stops, when the shooting stops. And that is the biggest problem of all, is that, you know, since 1948, um, the Jews and the Palestinians have lived sometimes in peace, sometimes in war, but they've never found a permanent solution. And until one is found, um, even if the fighting stopped tomorrow, it wouldn't stop forever. No, I know. To, I and yeah. when you hear this two-party state, there aren't two parties. There's Israel, but there's no Palestinian united front to negotiate no. with it. So there's the Palestinian authority, but they're very weak. They're weak. I mean, yeah, they're right. Weak. They're okay, so Iran is involved with Hezbollah and to some extent Hamas. Uh, and they want this war to continue forever, correct? They do because it, it, it's all to their advantage. They have all of their um, proxies in Lebanon, you know, in Gaza itself, uh, in Syria in particular, in Iraq, in Yemen, uh, you know, uh, militias and others that they arm uh, and support and train. Uh, so anything that ties down the United States 
is a plus for Iran. Right. And they're not going to stop. I mean, they're going to create violent chaos wherever they are. And they are arming and financing Hamas, Hezbollah, as you mentioned, the Houthis in Yemen and on and on and on. So that doesn't seem like there's any hope there at all, because the Mullahs are just not going to stop. No. But, you know, there are there are good actors here. So the Saudis would like the fighting to stop. The Qataris who are helping that's negotiate bad for the ceasefire. Right. And bad Egypt, for business. That's right. Bad for business. Egypt, you know, wants the fighting to stop. So there are people who will help and support and help to rebuild Gaza. But um, the Israeli government has to be willing to compromise, and they've not so far. Okay. But they had before October 7th. And if it were the United States that had suffered, and we, you know, you saw what happened after 9 11. I mean, what we did. So you got to you got to keep that in mind. Why do you think the United Nations hates Israel so much? Well, I I don't think I would put it that way, Bill. I mean, I think um, the United Nations. Do you mean the secretariat or do you mean the countries that make up the countries? I mean, when you vote, every country votes for an immediate ceasefire with no hostage release or anything else that works to Israel's disadvantage. I think the United Nations hates Israel. I don't I don't agree. Um, uh, I think that it's hard for us in the United States, which is one of the reasons why I created my company to help people get more information about the world. The rest of the world is not uh, supportive of what Israel is doing right now. And, um, you but know, twenty nine thousand. Why? After well, because, that horror on October 7th, you would feel everybody say, look, Israel's justified to try to get these Hamas terrorists out of there. Why are they, they are. sympathetic? They are sympathetic to that. But I mean, I'm sure you realize that 29,000 Gazans have been killed since the war began. Most of them women and children. They've had 30,000 airstrikes. That's over 200 every day. 80% of all the buildings in Gaza have been destroyed or damaged. It's been a, I think by any measure, they've overdone it. Nobody objects or disagrees. They have a right to defend themselves. It's how they've gone about it. That's Did we overdo it uh, on Nagasaki and Hiroshima? Personally, I, I think we, we did what we had to do. All right. So it's a debatable issue, but I still think that there is an anti-Israel bent inside the United Nations led by by African countries. Interestingly enough, South Africa and this and that. I'm going, wait wait a minute. You guys are the underdogs in Africa. Israel, certainly the underdog. Why aren't you sympathetic? Uh, Do you have any perspective on that? I think it's their colonial colonialist history. Colonial thing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I got it. All right, last question for you. Uh, you managed me for uh, a little while in the 1980s. That must have been hell. It, it wasn't, actually. I mean, I want your viewers to know that you were uh, you were a damn good reporter. And, um, you. you know, you were you were a pleasure to work with. I mean, you're the same guy you were 40 years ago. Uh, you know, uh, very confident, smart, sometimes a little opinionated. Uh, maybe you rub some of your colleagues the wrong way from time to time, 
but uh, no, you were great. And that's why we've been friends 40 well, years. Uh, there amazing. were two news directors that were outstanding. And I'm going to have the other one from WCBS uh, TV on next week. Um, oh, good. Steve Cohen, you know him. Steve Cohen, um, right. And, but when I was working for you uh, in Boston, and Boston is my second home, as you know. I mean, and when I go to Boston, everybody thinks I'm from Southie. Um, I was different than uh, most of the other reporters because I was you so br brash, B-R-A-S-H. And I and remember that you do something we'd never let anybody else do before, which was to do commentary yeah. on, on the 11 o'clock news. That was that was a first. Uh, you know, and that was interesting because the ratings went up because I was monitoring them. And the reason yeah. that you and Coppersmith, the general manager, put me on was that, and this is fascinating, after the weather in Boston, everybody turned off and go to sleep. But then sure. you put this madman O'Reilly on at the end of the show, hoping that people would stay up, which they right. did. But which they did. <laughs> The funny thing about it was that the reigning queen of news in Boston, Natalie Jacobson, huge, yes. huge anchor up there, yeah. she hated me. <laughs> she, she would just look at me like, what, what is this? I think, she, I think you threatened her a little bit. <laughs> well, I threatened everybody. But you stuck up to her. I mean, you said, no, nah, we're doing this for the good of the whole newscast here, Natalie. Right. And, right. and I admired that very much because I knew she wouldn't even introduce me. She wouldn't even read the lead. Her husband, <laughs> Jed Curtis, who was the co-anchor, had to do it. Right. So we anyway. Had an amazing, we had an amazing team. I mean, I'm sure many of your viewers remember the 1980s in television news. It really was the, that the was golden the, age. The that golden was the age. apex. Absolutely. We had standards. You sent reporters all over the world. I remember we did. Martha Raddatz, who's now on ABC. She yep. sent her to the Philippines when they had the big yep. uproar there. I mean, it was exactly. really, it was really a, number one, a pleasure to work with you, which is why we've stayed in touch all these years. And number two, it had a tremendous impact, Channel 5 in Boston, on the whole New England area. That's gone. And I'm not yep. quite sure why it disappeared. Last word, do you know why? Because the viewers aren't there anymore. I mean, you know, people have migrated off to, uh, you know, a hundred or a thousand or a million different places. Uh, you know, the, that 11 o'clock news that um, people watched you on in the 1980s, I bet the audience is maybe 25% of what it used of to be. Of what it was. Yeah, they're all yeah. scattered. Yeah. All right, Phil yeah, Baboni, it's daily chatter, one word, dot com. Can't get much easier than that. If you're interested in foreign news, and it's straight, it's straight, yes. okay? Nonpartisan, yep. I want everybody to go and check it out. Thanks, Phil. Good to see you, man. Take care. Great to see you, Bill. Be good. Okay. okay, so there's a little controversy about Donald Trump not condemning Putin. You know it, okay? You know the controversy about it. Um, and there's a reason why Trump doesn't condemn him. And I'm going to tell you that reason in a moment. Trump was on Fox last night. Here's what he said. Go. Putin took land from every president of our last five, except for one, me. People and now, now he's going for the big one. He's people, going for all of Ukraine. No. He's going for all of Ukraine. Not this a little piece. Now, he's going for all. Of, and that's under Biden. Okay, so the reason Trump doesn't condemn, uh, and I know this to be true, Putin, 
is because he feels that if he's reelected, he can stop that Ukraine war because he has an understanding with the evil Vlad man. And they do. Putin misbehaved a little bit under Trump with the hacking and all that, but he didn't do this. And Trump believes that he can somehow reason with Putin to stop the carnage. That's why he doesn't criticize him. Okay, got a lot of mail about Nikki Haley donations coming from uh, Democrats, and it's true. According to Politico, did an analysis, 5,200 donors who gave money to Biden also giving money to Nikki Haley. And obviously, they want to take Trump off the board. Now, the question would be, look, if Haley's polling numbers are better against Biden than Trump's, which they are, why would the Democrats want Haley to run against Biden? Interesting question. But the Democrats hate Trump so much that they're actually giving money to Nikki Haley. And one of the biggest is a guy named Reed Hoffman, um, the founder of LinkedIn, some internet thing. He's a big, big uh, liberal guy. He gives a lot of money to left-wing causes. Okay, there is a lawsuit, Dominion, uh, that's the voting machine that fleeced uh, Fox for $800 million. Well, they're suing Newsmax. A case is supposed to come up in August. I'm following it because I know everybody over at Newsmax. And, um, you know, Dominion, those lawyers over there working for them, they're good. I mean, they kicked FNC's butt. And now they're looking for every uh, text and email from all of the Newsmax personnel. But I figured I'd give it up. Uh, It's the trial scheduled late September. Could be delayed till after the election, possible. Kansas City, this is outrageous. So now we know there are four men, two of the minors, charged in this terrible mass shooting one week ago in the Super Bowl parade. Four. The two minors I don't know anything about. And I told you it's because of skin color. Well, now we got a mugshot of one of the adults charged. And here it is. All right, this guy, um, Lindell Mays, 23 years old. Okay, he's got a rap sheet. Um, they got him and they're charging him. He's being held with $1 million bail. He'll be charged with murder. And there's another guy, Dominic Miller, no rap sheet, uh, no mugshot yet, but he's black. And I can almost guarantee you the two minors are black. Okay. And the reason it took seven days to get this information out is if you're African-American criminal or charged with a crime, the cops and the mayor and all of the prosecutors, they're not going to put out any information about it. This is wrong. It's wrong. The people in Kansas City have a right to know what the deuce happened. And so do the people in the United States and the world. And we don't know. After a week, the cops know what happened. But they won't put it out. Because of skin color. Wrong. I told you in the beginning what this was going to be. And I'm coming true. New York City. Migrant families coming here, uh, hundreds of thousands of them, they're now going to get $15,000 a year courtesy of the city. The city's going to pay them. Um, $53 million is designated to 
for prepaid credit cards to asylum seekers. 53 million. The city is 7 billion in debt. New York City, 7 billion in debt. 53 million going to people who shouldn't be here. Thank you, Joe Biden. The mayor and the governor of New York, they're not responsible for these people coming here other than they were cheerleaders for the sanctuary movement. Now, New York City is going broke. And you know what that means? That higher taxes are on the way for working Americans. Ugh, they're punishing, punishing working New Yorkers. California, Gavin Newsom. Ready? When Gavin Newsom took over from Jerry Brown as governor of the state, California had a surplus in its treasury. Now, the Legislative Analyst's Office, LAO, in Sacramento, says that the deficit in California could reach, ready, $73 billion. Same thing. Same thing. Payments to the migrants, asylum seekers, payments to everybody, 73 billion in the hole. You want Gavin Newsom as president? Biden is the biggest spending president in history by far. No one's come close to him. $34 trillion debt. You put Newsom in there, I think he doubled. Ooh, smart life. Okay. So if you go on a trip and check a bag with the airline taking you anywhere, you are insane. The bag cost now is running up to 40 bucks a bag. Okay, maybe more to check a bag. And you may not even get it. Smart life. Go to the UPS office. Take the bag. Send it ahead to wherever you're going. Now, if you're going to a hotel, you need to call the hotel and get the name of the concierge or the head of the bellman, whatever, so you have a name where the bag is going. And then you call the hotel and say, this bag is coming in. And when the guy gives you the bag or the gal, you give him 10, 20 bucks. I'm telling you, That'll save you so much grief. Smart life. Stay in history, February 21st, 1848. The Communist Manifesto is published in London, England. Karl Marx, Friedrich Engels, puts out the Communist Manifesto. It is the third best-selling book of all time behind the Quran and the Bible. The Communist Manifesto. At one point, in this world, a third of the population were under communism. Up to 200 million people have been executed or starved to death by communist leaders. Up to 200 million. Okay? All because of the Communist Manifesto. Okay. We got uh, mail and a final thought coming up. Okay, let's segue right into the mail. John Vanneman, Oceanside, California. Hey, Bill, most people realize that the media spins facts and puts out propaganda. 
Even newspapers don't seem reliable. That's why I have paid attention to your updates on various stations since the 1990s. Thank you. I appreciate that. And now I watch the No Spin News. As you stated yesterday, the news used to be facts. I remember this when I was young. What would be the easiest way to cut through all the spin and get the facts today? There's no easy way. Just isn't. So I get the Wall Street Journal delivered every day. Their editorial page is usually very accurate. SEM4 is a website. Okay? I look at it. Um, Tangle. We had the guy on a couple of weeks ago. Seems to be fairly accurate. But you got to search. And of course, BillOReilly.com. And we have loaded that website up. You need to just go there and look at all the things that we have. So, but it's not easy. Bill Blackwell, Menifee, California. Do you think George Soros is putting money into Nikki Haley's campaign to keep her in the race? George Soros is not putting money into Nikki Haley's campaign, as far as we know. So whoever told you that is misleading you, Bill. Keep that in mind. Harold Whitcock, Boynton Beach, Florida. Hey, Bill, how about you consider how the Republican House is blocking everything, and they're the ones who are not governing? Well, I don't have a lot of uh, faith in the Republican House representatives, I mean, they think some of their conduct is abysmal. But I analyze each issue as it comes down. I don't generalize. But uh, there is a fringe group of Republicans in the House that does damage, just like the squad on the left. Michael Knox, Long Beach, Indiana. I know you have a certain focus to restore order through the election of Donald Trump. Please spotlight the need to vote back a Republican majority. That's not what we do. You're smart enough to know who you want to vote for. I'm not telling you who to vote for. I'm not a party guy. I don't do that. We are independent. And we like it that way. David, that Ross Perot is such an odd duck. Talk about a brilliant nut job. I still contend that had Perot not entered the race, Bush the elder would have been reelected. It's a tight one. I analyze it for my upcoming book, Confronting the Presidents. You know, Clinton won because uh, Perot took 19 million votes away. Was it enough? I'm not sure. Probably was. So Bill Clinton's best friend back then was Ross Perot. Michael Labatt. Sheboygan, Michigan. I recently finished the excellent Killing the Witches book. Coincidentally, a few days later, I received from my cousin, a genealogist, the history of my mother's family. I was shocked to find my relative, Nathaniel Felton, was living in Salem in 1692. My cousin found a letter that he wrote defending John Proctor, who was one of the convicted witches. That letter is worth some money. Isn't that amazing? It's not worth a lot of money, but it's worth some. But I wouldn't sell it. I would just keep it. Okay. BillOReilly.com store wants you to check us out. Uh, we are making some new mugs, by the way, which you're going to like. But I'm not going to pitch them until we have mint. I like my Team Normal mug. All right? 
Team Normal mug, made in America, beautiful, lasts forever. So you want if you if you're looking for a mug, but we're going to have new mugs with really pithy slogans coming on up. If you want to uh, order all the present all the killing books at once, since we're segueing now into the confronting series, they are uh, together. We will ship them to you all thirteen. We have a very great price on Killing Crazy Horse, twelve ninety five, because I bought. Uh, I bought out the publisher pretty much, took them all away. $12.95. Word of the day, and this is a real word. Don't be a nudnik. I remember when I was 10 calling people nudniks. N-U-D-N-I-K. Don't be a nudnik. Bill at BillOReilly.com. Bill at BillOReilly.com. Name and town. Because we do get a lot of good letters I can't use because I don't know if you're a real person. Name and town if you wish to opine. Okay, final thought in a moment. So here is the final thought of the day. Yesterday, we said that the uh, elder people over 65 is booming as the baby boomers hit 65 years old, a record amount. So I was thinking about it last night, and uh, I'm a baby boomer. And I said to myself, you know, I changed my point of view about life. I would say about five years ago. And I said to myself, look, I've done pretty much all I can do in my career and in my life. I think I've led a good life and I've been lucky. So now in the years that I have left on this planet, and remember a lot of people don't, they don't think they're ever going to die. Okay. I'm going to try to change from being self-absorbed. All right. To putting other people as a priority. First thing I did was I reorganize my entire estate, which is complicated, all right, to make sure that my family, the charitable foundation that I have, everybody was taken care of, and the min- and I wanted to minimize the tax on it, okay? Took a year, one year to do that, and I have great accountants and lawyers, but it was so complicated. That's number one, and I did it. And I'm happy with the way it came out. And number two, then I kind of said, all right, this is what I can do for these people. And I did it. I'm not going to tell you what it was because it's just personal, but the number of people that I knew I could help, and I did it. I did it like that. I didn't wait. Okay? So when you reach a certain age, then it's time to swing into action. All right, it's fine if you're down in the villages and you're having a great time playing pickleball, whatever they do down there. I got to get down to the villages, by the way. I know a lot of people down there. But if that's fine. Have a blast. Have a great time. Treat yourself. You've earned it. But also think about your legacy and think about other people, what you can do for them. And do it now. Because, boy, stuff happens fast. All right. So that is the final thought. We thank you for watching and listening to The No Spin News on our 300 radio stations across the country. And we'll see you tomorrow.